Very happy to talk to our next guest. It's been a while. Let's say hello to the greatest rebounder in the history of the National Basketball Association. It's our old friend, number 91. It's Dennis Rodman. Dennis, how are you, brother? Oh, man, trying to wake up with this lovely morning in Chicago. That's That's what's going on. Uh, welcome back to town. I know uh, I know you live in California, but you got to still call Chicago home, right? I always call Chicago home, man. I love Chicago. I mean, these fans, they'll never forget you, man. They love you to death. Yeah, man. I went out to, uh, to a restaurant last night called Chicago Cuts, man. It's, 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 um, it's good to be here. Of course. Does Dennis Rodman get the 96 ounce steak at Chicago Cut? What are you ordering? Hey, man, I got to stay slim. <laughs> I saw a picture. <laughs> Dennis, I saw I saw a picture of you on social media. You still look like you could play. Yeah, man, I'm trying to stay in shape, man. I'm about 240, man. And I remember one time I got up to 260. I, I felt like hell. <laughs> so I said, oh, so I got to stay in shape. Uh, do you still work out on a regular basis? I do like five times a week. Five times a week. I yep. mean, there's guys that retire from the NBA and they don't work out again for the rest of their lives, man. You keep going. I love that. I know. I know. Um, a lot of guys kind of, kind of say, you know, I've done that for most of my career. And um, most of the guys blew up to like 300, 350 or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. And you're staying at 240. I mean, you look fantastic. Yeah. What you, what'd you think of the uh, the last dance? To me, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I had to come because... Uh, a lot of people didn't, didn't get the um, players that Michael used to play for. I think they didn't get the message, what he was trying to say or what he was trying to do. And what is that message, that all he wanted to do was win? Yeah, I think a lot of players kind of have a little resentment with Michael. Just by seeing him, that documentary, and uh, they probably look uh, a lot of old, old players he used to play with probably think that Michael was so cocky and arrogant. But I just, I just think that um, they just didn't understand what he was trying to do in the documentary. Right. I mean, he was just trying to explain that he was driven and all he wanted to do was win a championship and he wanted to bring everybody along with him. Right. That's, that's pretty much what it was. Dennis, with any championship team, there's drama. The, you, you know, you had Scotty and Jerry Krause. You had Michael and the two Jerrys. You have Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause. Did you get caught up in any of that? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw all that stuff, man. I, I was like, "Wow!" And most and most of the time, I was just I was just laughing at the whole thing. But uh, I didn't really I didn't really get into the politics of that uh, of the business world with the Chicago Bulls. They brought me here to win basketball games and do my job. And I really didn't know what the extent with uh, Scotty Pippen with his contract. But uh, I, I really didn't try to get involved with all that. The front office stuff, man. No, you had you had no time for that. You and I have talked about this in the past. 96, 97, and 98, you guys were like the Beatles. Everywhere you oh, went, yeah. it was like the Beatles, wasn't it? It was crazy. It was just, I mean, even today's world, people don't really realize what we went through for those three years, man. Nobody knew Nobody knew back then that and I would come to Chicago and we've just elevated the game so high. Michael, Scotty, me, Phil Jackson, cool coach. Steve Kerr, Bill Wellington, all the boys and stuff like that. Nobody, nobody expected that Randy Brown, Ron Harper. Nobody, nobody knew that 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 team would be like that for those three years. That first year you joined the Bulls in '96, it was the best record in the history of the NBA. So you knew you had something special. Yeah, we knew we knew we had something special. But I, I think the, once we hit that seventy mark, if you uh, look at the documentary, once we hit seventy, the, uh, the only thing we had to look forward to is to win a championship. That was our goal. 
I remember all of that like it was yesterday. We're talking with Dennis Rodman. Uh, you know, I brought up your Bigsby and Crothers billboard on the uh, during the last dance at the Kennedy at North Avenue on the mural building. It was a large black and white picture of you in a suit with the sleeves cut off and cars would stop in traffic on the Kennedy, get out and take pictures. That was a dangerous area. It it was funny, though, when I first came to Chicago, the billboard was in the beginning. It was Michael and Scotty. And then once they put me on that billboard, it was it was me, Michael and Scotty. And then I guess when during the season, I think they they said, okay, great. Who's the, who's the most colorful out of the three? <laughs> that's what that's, that's Dennis Rodman right to buy himself, cut the sleeves off, and, and change his hair. And then next thing you know, I, I drive to I drive to a game one day, and I'm so oh my god, what is what is that? You know, so like this. So and I was wondering why the traffic was so backed up. You drive past it, and you'll see people get out their cars and take pictures of it. And um, crazy. Uh, and then when I was coming to the game uh, during the playoffs, I said, "Well, you know what? We have a, we have a congestion at the ninety four going down towards downtown. Be, beware because by the Dennis Rodman sign, you see people stop and taking pictures. So just beware, you may have a delay." Yeah, man, does that tell you something? I mean, this city embraced you after you played for the Pistons, the most hated team uh, by Chicago fans, and you come here and they embrace you. It was good because uh, I think this, uh, I warmed Chicago, warmed Chicago up because the fact that uh, I came here to work and did my job. Right. That's the truth. And Dennis Robin, what was a better team that you played on, the Bulls or the Pistons, if you had to break it down? Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's tough right there because Detroit really, uh, really gave me my career. And uh, I say San Antonio was just a bump on a road. Yep. But uh, once I came to Chicago, it was just pretty much full board Dennis Rodman after that. And uh, when I got, I got here to Chicago, Chicago just, just embraced me so much, man, so well. And it's, it's very difficult to push put uh, Chicago over Detroit. But I just say it's pretty much um, I'm, I'm about to give Chicago the edge. I like that. So the Bulls, I like that a lot. You know, you had two great Hall of Fame coaches, too, and Chuck Daly, who yeah. understood you and – and he mentored you, and the same with Phil right. Jackson. I mean, how special was that playing for those two guys? Phil was more like more like a mentor, and, a, and, a, and a, as a father, I never had really. I mean, he really embraced me with the day warm when I got there, and I, I think I felt so warm and secure with, with him. And uh, he pretty much his, his arm was pretty much open every time, and uh, even though with the emotional time and the bad time and the sad time, he was always there, and uh, he always he always uh, kept my head up high. And then when I, when I came up to Phil Jackson, it was just more like Phil just knew how I was at that time because my my, my life has changed so much. And I think Phil saw me something like him. And uh, I think Phil knew how to coach me and knew how to work with me. And uh, I just think Phil just kind of embraced that. Well, Dennis, he also understood you as a person, too, which a lot of people yeah, don't. Yeah. Well, you got to explain to me, people couldn't get past the part in the last dance in the 98 season when you left mid-season to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> Dennis, nobody... Oh, people, what is people laughing. I, I tried to, Dennis, I, we're talking with Dennis Rodman. Dennis, I tried to explain to people in the history of professional sports everywhere, take the entire history, no players ever went to his coach and said, you know, I need a vacation. I know we're going to get to the championship. I just need to get away, and I love Vegas. Can you explain that? <laughs> oh man! Oh, I used to, I used to go to Phil all the time. I said, Phil, man, man, I need a vacation. Man. I need, I need, I need to get my mind right. <laughs> so even though, even though I'm gonna, 
I'm on the best team in the world, probably the history of, 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 the, of the sport. Yep. And I said, I, got, I need a vacation now. <laughs> I went to Phil Jackson, and, and Michael Jordan said, what the hell is Dennis Robert talking about? He need a vacation. <laughs> I said, yeah, I need a vacation. And Phil said, okay, um, how many days How many days you going to be gone? I said, two days. And uh, he said, okay. And Michael said, okay, he can, he can go. And then next thing you know, because I think Phil knew me so well, he said, well, Dennis needs to get his mind right because, you know, some, sometimes he kind of like spaced off a little bit. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so he knew that I, I, I went to Vegas to come back. Oh, I'll be ready to rock. But uh, <laughs> when I went to Vegas, people didn't expect what the hell I was going to do in Vegas besides what I did in the, in the documentary. You see me, Carmen, and a bunch of women, and da da da. This right. <laughs> it was it was just so it was so nonchalant. Like okay, yeah, I got a breath of fresh air. Oh my god, here we go. Okay, I'm at home now. I'm at home. I can I can, I can, I can live again, live again. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I get this phone call from Phil. Dennis, where you at? You coming back? I said, I'll be back. Three days later, Dennis, are you coming back? Okay, four days later, Dennis, are you coming back? Yep. So I said, oh, my God, I got, I got to go back. So anyway, so once I, once I left Vegas, me and Carmen came back to Chicago, and I said, wow, I'm ready to walk down. And then Bill Jackson had the nerve to say something that was really, really out there. He said, well, guys, you know what? We have to uh, we have to do some laps and do some extra exercise because Dennis is back in town. And Michael said, I ain't doing a Dennis Robin training. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> doing his training. Hell, my hell with that. Oh my god! But then, the next thing, the next thing you know, you saw the documentary. Yep. You see everybody's running with me the whole time, coming around the track and stuff like this. So, obviously, obviously, I came back with my mind right because you know, if you saw me running around the track, I was just sprinting. I was just sprinting. I was just so happy I went to Vegas and just let it loose. And now here we go, boys. Let's go win a championship. <laughs> Most people would say, you know, I need to go and be by myself. You, of course, complete opposite. You need to be around people and feed off the energy. Oh, yeah. I had I had to be around people. I, I love being around people. I mean, even in Chicago, I mean, when I was people in Chicago, I, I came in Chicago um, to, uh, to see my good friend Chris Chelios and, uh, and, and a bunch of my friends there, Larry Brown and, you know, Joe. George Fontapello, all all the boys here, and um, it's so cool to be here because people see you and they just get this big smile on their face. Oh yeah, I, I, I love people. I love people like that. I love being around people like that because you brought people happiness. But I want to get back to yeah. the the Vegas story. Just I, I want you to give me a peek inside the meeting with Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan when you said I need a few days off to go to Vegas. What was was Michael's reaction really like? He uh, expressed in the Last Dance, like what? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty much the first thing that I said that to Mike and Phil, and Phil, Michael said, well, you need dinner? I said, I need a vacation, man. Damn, I got to go to Vegas or something like that. And Mike just started laughing. He said, you need a vacation, dinner? I said, yeah, you know me, Mike. What the hell, man? <laughs> you, you <laughs> so know. I did get my mind right. Phil just kind of like just chuckled too. He said, really, Dennis, you want a vacation? Yeah, and they sit there, looked at each other, and said, well, okay, we'll give you two days. Who do this? They knew. They knew that I, that's the, that's the kind of thing that fueled me to uh, to keep going for the season. Because every year I would do something like that and uh, just say, okay, I'm gonna take three or four days off, man, to get my mind right. Because I like I like to be around so many people and 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 just try to get. I like to look at things differently around the world and and and, and through people. And people giving people giving so much energy when I'm, when I'm around them. Oh yeah. But uh, it's, it's amazing. Me and Michael never ever got into a conversation. Really. Never got a, we never got a conversation at all. Michael, Michael, Michael might say something this and that, 
But we never, we only in that documentary, Michael never got in a conversation with me. He never said anything bad about me. Because, <laughs> you know, so. You knew what you had to do, right, Dennis? I knew what I had to do. And I just, I just think that Michael had a lot of respect for me. I remember a lot of times Michael would tell me, he said, Dennis, you know what? Dennis, you know what? I would love to be you for 24 hours. I said, Michael, if you want to so damn commercial, son of a gun. You could do that. Right. That is so funny. I mean, the way that you played, and I've said it a hundred times, you're the greatest rebounder this this game has ever seen. I mean, you would take on these seven footers. You would get position on them. You would out hustle them. You would out rebound them. You were just amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny because I, I learned that hard work when doing when I was in uh, when I was uh, living in the streets in, in Dallas. I was uh, uh, I used to wash cars. I used to do all the dirty work. I used to work for UPS cleaning trucks and, and this and that because everything I did, I want to do it do it the right way. And then when I went to Oklahoma, they taught me values about living and having a family and then and getting up in the morning at 530 in the morning and working in the fields, you know, just doing a lot of cool stuff like that. Then when I got to the NBA, Chuck, they embraced that whole work ethic. You know, we had to fight three times a day. And uh, I just I just love working, man. And the mentality from all those years, you know, not having anything in my life, and then when I, once I got to the NBA, I just I just embraced that, man, every day. And in the documentary, of course, they portrayed the Pistons as the bad boys again. And Isaiah was the villain because, of course, he didn't shake hands in the Eastern Conference Finals. Does Isaiah Thomas still deserve to be the villain in your eyes, Dennis? Well, I'm thinking, you know, that's, that's just history, man. I just, I just take the fact that, you know, it's just, you know, I want to get into that politics stuff, man. That's, that's not my gig. Um, I think Isaiah and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan actually respect Isaiah. I know he respects Isaiah because Isaiah took his lumps too. And I think that now, I think it's just more controversial because how people are trying to portray it. It's 30 years later. It's just 30 years later, man. You know, it's, there's, no, there's no grudge there. There's no grudge. I just think that it's just, it's just making news on nothing. And I just think that back then, it was just one of those things where if you looked at that, that the bad boys, we, we walked off the court. People didn't realize the fact that when we when we beat Boston to go to the finals, people didn't realize Boston left the court at about seven, eight minutes in the game. People didn't realize that. They didn't realize that one after the year before we did it, they did it. It's amazing how, you know, you, you take you take that era of, of sports and then you and you make the bad boys make the basketball look so bad, but either way though, that's that's the way it was back then, you know. So to me I was I was just so happy that Chicago actually, you know, went to the went to the finals and won. Because they deserved it at that time. They deserved it. Wow, that was so much fun in 91, 91, 92, 93, and of course, 96, 97, and 98. And and Dennis, people forget that you won five NBA championships. You won two in Detroit, three in Chicago. Just to compare for people listening right now, Larry Bird only won three. Shaq only won four. Kobe, Magic, and Dennis Rodman all won five NBA championships. That's where you sit. And Kareem, Scotty, and MJ are the only ones with six in the history of the NBA. Uh, it, it depends on how you want to look at it, who has the, uh, the rings. I'm, my, I'm a, Larry Bird has three. I have five. Uh, who has got five? Uh, Magic and Magic, Kobe. Magic and Kobe. Yep. I, w- I went to the finals seven times. Could have won a, you know, a six ring, but we lost to the Lakers. Yep. But... Uh, and like I said, it's just, I'm just very fortunate and lucky to be a, a part of that. And you know what? The one thing that really stood out with me from the last dance was that Carmen Electra still looks smoking hot. 
<laughs> you know, we actually still talk today, and uh, I, think we, I think we, when I get back to LA, I think we're going out to lunch and maybe hash out some stuff, and maybe yes, who knows, something might something may come out of that, you know, because we've been talking about it for the last couple of months now. I'm just going to go to lunch and, and talk about some stuff. So who knows? We might get back together. Who knows? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I'm going to give you some advice. We've known each other a long time. I'm going to say yeah. you should get back together with her. Well, I think, I think a lot of people are like, wow, they actually got back together after how many years? 20 years? Yeah. 20 years and stuff like that. She's, she's single. I'm single. So you know how it is, man. Right. But uh, I, I just I just think the fact that she loves Chicago and uh, I love Chicago. I want people, to, before we go off the phone, I want people to clarify something. I want people to understand that, you know what, people don't realize that Scott had given me so much in the Chicago area because for one for a year and a half, for a year and a half, Scottie Pippen was the best player in the world to me. To me, when Michael left. Yep. When Michael left, he was the best player. He was the best player. And I think that Scottie Pippen, you know, it betrayed him so badly in the documentary. And uh, I just think the fact that uh, Scottie was just so bitter because I think that he, he thought that Phil did him, did him wrong by, you know, with, with cool coach. Yep. And, yep. uh, and Scotty just didn't realize that the fact that he was great, and even even when Michael Jordan was, was they was playing together, they was the best one-two players to ever play the game to me. Right. Period. To I mean, agree with you 100. percent One-two players ever to play the game, and Scotty and play this. Scotty, Scotty, I think Scotty Pippen is the best defensive player. Yep. Me, then Mike, then Michael, then me, <laughs> and uh, we, had, we had three best defensive players in the game at, at that time. But I think that Scotty all around game was probably the best. That period of time in the '90s, I think his game was the best of all time, man. To me, all around. Yeah, I agree with you 100, percent Dennis. It's great to hear your voice, man. I'm glad you you sound fantastic, by the way. It's all good, but like I said, it's a beautiful day in Chicago. You got to get me out this damn far. I, I got to go <laughs> sit Chris Chelios on a boat and enjoy Chicago, baby. <laughs> Tell Chelly I said hello and have a great day. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, bro. Thanks, man. That's Dennis Rodman. Everybody, good old number 91.